My name is Patricia Kathleen, and this podcast series will contain interviews I conduct with female and female-identified entrepreneurs, founders, co-founders, business owners, and industry gurus. These podcasts speak with women and women-identified individuals across all industries in order to shed light for those just getting into the entrepreneurial game as well as those deeply embedded within it. Histories, current companies, and lessons learned are explored in the conversations I have with these insightful and talented powerhouses. The series is designed to investigate a female and female-identified perspective in what has largely been a male-dominated industry in the USA to date. I look forward to contributing to the national dialogue about the long overdue change of women in American business arenas and in particular entrepreneurial roles. You can contact me via my media company website, wild.agency, that's W-I-L-D-E dot agency, or my personal website, patriciacathleen.com. Thanks for listening. Now let's start the conversation. everyone and welcome back. This is your host Patricia and today I am sitting down with Mackenzie Valenta. She is the founder of Valenta Coaching. She's a psychology-based life coach and she can be contacted at valentacoaching.com. Welcome Mackenzie. Hi Patricia. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. I'm excited to climb through your company and kind of your strategy and everything that you guys do. For everyone listening, I will read a bio on Mackenzie, but first a quick roadmap for today's podcast. It will follow the same trajectory as all of them in this series. We'll first look at um, unpacking Mackenzie's academic background and early professional life, and then we'll turn towards looking at Valenta Coaching and maybe some other endeavors that she's involved in. Um, with the logistics, the who, what, when, where, why, and how, and then we'll look at um, more of the ethos and philosophy behind her company and her techniques. Then we'll turn towards goals that Mackenzie has for the next three years regarding um, her company's um, endeavors versus scalings, expansion, um, changes, as well as anything that might personally interact at that crossroads as well. And then we'll wrap everything up with advice that Mackenzie has For those of you looking to emulate what she has done thus far or perhaps get involved with her um, currently, a quick bio on Mackenzie before I start asking her questions. Mackenzie Valenta is a psychology-based life coach who uses a combination of psychology, science, and life coaching to help women achieve stability, regulation, and resiliency in their emotionality. Currently in the midst of her doctorate degree to be a clinical psychologist, Mackenzie uses cognitive techniques as her base from which she coaches. She has been a life coach for over three years now and has helped hundreds of women gain back their lives through emotional, emotion management. So Mackenzie, I can't wait to kind of climb into that. I'm excited to hear about um, the company and uh, your current scholastic endeavors, but will you first drop us off with um, your academic background and early professional life? Yes, definitely. Um, And it's really, I have such an interesting journey kind of into the life coaching world. My academic background is actually um, in human services leadership. So I started out, you know, with a bachelor's degree um, from the University of Wisconsin Oshkosh. Um, I took this, you know, traditional four-year path. I was very passionate while in school about working in the human services industry. And 
you know, that's kind of where I thought I was going to end up. So I had my degree about six months before I graduated. Um, I got an incredible offer to work at um, the local homeless shelter in the area. Mm. So, you know, I took the position thinking that, you know, this is the perfect position for me to be in and working in the human industry field, um, working in human services. And I, I was excited about that opportunity thinking that, you know, here I am, I'm not even graduated and I, you know, yeah. have this opportunity. Um, and so, you know, I worked in that position for about a year before I realized that I was miserable. It was <laughs> not where I was meant to be. Um, and despite loving, you know, my academic background and the you know, four years that I spent in human services, it wasn't where I wanted to be um, for my career. So mm-hmm. I worked for that position for about a year. And then I tried one other human services position where um, I worked in a social worker capacity, working with children who were truant from school. I worked for the county. Um, and again, I, you know, I enjoyed the work that I did, but I found that um, I was constantly, you know, pushing my scope of practice, wanting to do more than I really was able to do with my degree. And Mm so um, after, you know, kind of falling into almost a little bit of a a depression, um, I needed to make a change. And um, it was, it was a change, I think that was coming, you know, as soon as I had started that first position, um, I knew that it wasn't where I was meant to be, but I didn't know what to do. I didn't know where to go. I didn't know who to turn to. Um, So kind of what happened was I (laughs) was at a coffee shop one day and I heard a woman talking about how she was a life coach. And I jokingly said, Oh, I could really use the help of a life coach. And she gave me a free sample session and I signed on with her that day. I (laughs) put the entire thing. Yeah. I I put the entire thing on my credit card. I was not able to afford it whatsoever (laughs) at the time, but I just kind of took this leap of faith knowing that, you know, I, had this four-year degree and it it was great when I went through the schooling, but then it just wasn't everything I wanted it to be when I got into the real world. Yeah. So um, I had, you know, I started my life coaching with my own life coach and within the first session with her, um, I had a major life epiphany and realized that I wasn't happy with where I was um, in life because I, you know, I, mentioned, I was kind of pushing that scope of, of practice. And um, I wanted a position where I was able to do more, which meant I needed to go back to school. So that first session with my life coach, I decided I wanted to go back and obtain my doctorate degree in clinical psychology. So that is what I am currently doing. Um, I'm in my second year out of, out of five years. And my life coaching is um, my main source of income and kind of my, you know, biggest area outside of school where I spend all of my time. And I love that the two kind of play into each other. My life coaching that I do is very much based off of cognitive psychology and cognitive psychology techniques. Um, so it's really fun that, you know, during the day I get to sit and learn about psychology and then at night I get to come home and, um, use that for the basis out of all of the life coaching that I do with my clients. 
Yeah, it's actually a really genius intersection. And I will diatribe for just one second here because yeah, it's kind do. of a platform that I've loved. And um, I have a bachelor's of science in psychology and another one in sociology and then a master's in art history. So I've done kind of the reverse of what you've done. And um, I, uh, what I, I think is most crucial about universities in general, I'm a diehard academic um, and I love academia on a lot of levels. I love it as an institution. I love the old academia and the new. Um, but one of the most difficult um, and handicapped areas that is slowly being bridged, but not quickly enough, is the, the kind of um, communication or bridging between academia knowledge and real life application. You know, and you see it in yes. computer science and in clinical psychology as well. You know, there's a great deal of theory and history and philosophy that goes into understanding things, but then actual um, techniques and implementation into any form of therapy or government, however you're going to be using your degree, is frequently left up to the interpretation of the individual. And there's now, there's more classes. I see them offered um, seminars towards the end of the PhD program where there's these kind of clinical implementation moments and things of that nature, but it's still not given as much brevity and certainly not as much time as this kind of philosophical. And I love that. I love the university for that philosophical emphasis because for me, academia is meant to teach us how to think on a higher yes. level, but the actual implementation that you're, um, um, you know, just autonomously augmenting your life with is so fascinating to me because advising and coaching people at night is I think forcing you to use your tools early on as you begin to you know kind of marinate in them and and cultivate the philosophical structure yes. of um, where most of the tools are built from and so I think it's so ingenious I, I wonder why more people well PhDs are arduous but um, it, I think it's just an amazing uh, collaboration that you've got going on there um, yes, I'm wondering thank you now that we are kind of at your coaching at Valenta Coaching, can you tell us like the nuts and bolts in the beginning? So you founded it and when was it launched and what was the impetus for the launch? Yeah, so it's it really too is it really um, plays into kind of my background, right? So I was working with my own life coach. I had no intentions of getting into it, but towards the end of our coaching, my own life coach was like, you know, I really enjoy our time together. Um, and I find that a lot of the times you're coaching me. And that's when she asked me if I would be interested in taking on some of her clients um, that she, you know, she, her business was growing and she didn't have um, enough capacity to take on all the clients she had coming in. So in 2017, um, I started learning how to become a life coach under my own life coach. I took on some of her clients and I coached them with her help. So um, for about a year, I trained underneath her. And again, I really had no intentions of having my own business. I just kind of got sucked into it. It was such a natural progression in my life for me. Um, I felt just so drawn to it. It was, it was things that I was doing in my everyday life without getting paid for it. Mm -hmm. And so, um, my life coach really opened up my eyes to that, you know, helping people is something that, um, I was very naturally good at. So for about a year in 2017, um, I coached underneath my coach. And then finally in about December, 2018, um, that's when I actually kind of launched my own business, right? I 
went all in, head over heels, started my Instagram, transformed it from my personal um, to my business, my professional, started my website. And that's when I got really serious about developing who I was as a coach, instead of just taking on the type of coaching that my coach was doing, I finally developed who I was as a coach and my own coaching style. And so I like Mm -hmm. to think that December 2018 was really when my business took off. So I'm still in the, you know, pretty early stages. It wasn't um, for about another six months that I became really grounded and firm in the approach that I wanted to take um, in life coaching. So it's very interesting because how I am now as a coach is very different from how I was in that December 2018. I've really grown and evolved a lot um, in my style of coaching. And I think I attribute a lot of that to the schooling that I'm currently going through and just finding my own voice as a coach. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that that is is paramount and actually across all businesses, um, you know, they, everyone talks about niche, you know, your niche market, your emphasis, yes. your area that makes you uniquely you, you yes. know, be that a technique or the market or the audience or your client or whomever you're looking for, because it, it really narrows in on, um, you know, even micro influencers are this concept of people, a smaller group of people that you can really service and then market to. And it, it really does help businesses um, particularly in 2020. I'm curious, um, I love the idea that you did this kind of apprenticeship from 2017 um, until 2018 uh, underneath the um, the person who sounds like it kind of brought you in your own life coach. Yes. Um, when you were studying underneath her, was it, or I'm assuming it was a her. Um, yes. Yep. I, when you were studying underneath her, were there key concepts as she introduced them that that it sounds like you've developed your own niche and things of that nature since December of 2018? But while you were doing this apprenticeship, were there things that um, you immediately edited or did you kind of just follow her boilerplate roadmap for like intake or how did that process work? Yeah. So I, you know, I would say about that, that first year I did kind of use all of her coaching techniques. Um, I had very little coaching voice of my own. I did a lot of consulting with her. I was very afraid to make a mistake or coach someone down the wrong path. And that was kind of my first hindrance was not stepping into my power as a coach and thinking that I needed to rely on her so much. And so I broke through that actually working with her on my own coaching that I needed to do, right? Being able to step into my own power. Um, And once I was able to do that, that's when I started making changes. Mm -hmm. Um, I was very hesitant in the beginning. Like I said, I didn't want to do anything wrong. Um, I wanted to be this perfect coach. I didn't want to coach anyone down the wrong path. And that is so debilitating, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, allowing no space in your business to make any mistakes, that creates no learning, no growth, um, right? Because that's a lot of times how we learn is through mistakes, through trial and error. Um, and so, yes, I really, for that first year, I did coaching exactly as my own coach did it. And then finally, I, you know, after that, like when 2018 came around December, um, I think that's honestly when I got really, 
good at what I do because I was able to kind of see the difference between how my coach coached and who I was as a coach and how I wanted to coach. So a lot of her ideas that she used in her life coaching business um, they were very foundational in my life coaching practice, but now I put a, uh, I put a lot more science behind them. I did a lot of research on why do her techniques work mm. and how can I apply it to literally anyone? Um, cause that's something that's important to me in my business. I want anyone who works with me, I want my coaching style to be able to work for them. You'll see a lot of coaches who um, do spiritual coaching or various areas like that, that, um, you know, it doesn't work for everyone. And I think with my coach, that was also the case. Her style of coaching was for a specific person. But with my coaching, when I started to put the science behind it, the research behind it, that's when I realized this is going to work for literally anyone who comes through my door. Um, and that's when I find, found my power, started using my own coaching techniques um, and really really grew as a coach. Absolutely. I'm wondering with that, um, as you've kind of, it sounds like you've fine-tuned, did you, the growth of your company since um, December 2018, like how many clients you have, let's speak on that scale. Yes. Um, has it increased? And also, do you have kind of a niche population that you particularly uh, work best with or that your skill set and the way that you coach is kind of um, defined towards? Yes, definitely. Um, and so when I first started coaching, um, all of my clients were coming from my own coach. So it was kind of like um, subcontracting. And her population was really for anyone who was kind of looking to sort out areas of difficulty in their life. Very broad. Um, and the majority of the clients that she gave me um, were men who had come from a rehab center. And they had just completed about a month's worth of rehab. And then they were gaining a coach to help them kind of navigate um, a sober lifestyle. So in 2017, I gained only one of my own clients who was a female, and that was the area that I wanted to coach in. Um, I think I learned so much from working with men who, who you know, recently found sobriety. That was um, an incredible challenge, and I learned so much from it. But that is not where my heart lies. Um, I am a huge feminist, and I believe in the power of supporting other women, and that is the area that I wanted to work. So I made the transition from doing that subcontracting coaching to um, getting my own clients. And so my niche or niche that I work in um, is for women who are millennial women um, who want to specifically in the area of emotional coaching. So women who want to better understand themselves their emotions, build emotional resiliency um, so that they're able to act from a place of integrity, right? Being able to choose how they go about life and go through life and choose their actions rather than responding directly from their emotions. Mm. And so I got so specific with my coaching. It started out being, you know, kind of just cognitive psychology techniques that could be applied to anyone, anywhere. And then I found that, you know, I coach best in the areas that I have previously struggled in. And so, you know, I took a step back and I looked at my life and the areas that I have 
grown through, um, like I said, are, are the ones that I coach best on. And so um, I struggled with anxiety for the longest time in my life. Um, and that was something that I realized, you know, I love coaching on. The clients who came to me who had the same issues that I had worked through were the ones that, you know, I, I saw a lot of myself, my past self in them. And I was so passionate about helping them in the way that I helped myself. Mm. And so not, so that's really how I found my niche. Um, and that is the area that I do most of my coaching on now. Again, since my techniques um, come from cognitive psychology, they really can be applied to anyone um, in pretty much any area of struggle. But I do tend to attract and like to work with those who want to work on their emotionality, um, gaining more control of the emotions that they experience and how they go about acting out of those emotions. Yeah, I think that one of the main issues um, I have with coaches and mentors and, and things of that nature, when you dive into research, um, particularly online, which I think is how most people are researching at this point in, in our world, but um, is that no one is defining their terms. There's a, I mean, I've, you know, I've run into, um, everyone's calling themselves a coach. I, you know, I have yes. a, a stylist yes. <laughs> who calls herself a coach and she is, she's coaching to style and to, you know, all of these things that influence style for her clients. However, um, I'm wondering uh, if you find it easy or necessary or how well, because you have this very specific kind of um, emotional resiliency application and lens and technique um, that you're implementing with your clients. How do you, do you find yourself communicating that or defining um, your terms on your advertising or marketing on social media? And um, if so, it, do you do it in a clear way or how do you differentiate yourself from, you know, everyone else in the world who's calling themselves a coach? Do you have terms you yes. use or? I love that you brought this up because here's the problem with the life coaching industry. It is an unregulated industry, meaning anyone can call themselves a coach. So for example, when I first started in 2017, I had no experience as a life coach. I had no training, no certifications, no education besides my bachelor's degree in human services leadership. And I was able to step into that space and tell people that I was a life coach and start charging the price that someone would pay for a life coach. Now you can go and get certified as many people do. Um, but that's not necessary to call yourself a life coach. So the same thing goes for all of the terms used in life coaching. Nothing is regulated. So when I talk about, you know, one thing in my business, that's a life coaching term, the next life coach down the road may be talking about the same thing, but meaning something that's completely different. Um, so it's really, it's, it's really an interesting space to be in. Yeah. Um, and I think sometimes it can be tough to find integrity um, in that space when it's so unregulated. And so with myself, I try to be very clear on the coaching terms that I use and what they mean for me and my business. Since again, it's an unregulated space and it means something different for everyone. So in your intake interview, do you define um, your techniques and your terms? Like are there ways that people can kind of get a handle on um, what you're using or how you're defining yes. things? 
Yeah. So I recently started um, putting a lot of my coaching techniques into frameworks where I sit down and the techniques that I use, I write them all out in in-depth detail that I give to my clients uh, when we first meet on our first kind of intake session. Um, because, you know, like for example, one of those terms that I use a lot is, is mind management. So you, if you go on my Instagram page, you'll hear me talking about mind management all the time. And if you're new to my page, you're like, what the hell is mind management? <laughs> that makes yeah. no sense. Um, but really, you know, mind management is just this idea of being able to set personal boundaries with ourselves and, um, you know, using our thoughts as a way to kind of dictate the emotions that we're going to experience. So harnessing our thoughts to create the emotional experience that we want, managing our mind, managing our thoughts so that we're able to feel this emotional experience that we want to, that we want to have. And right. so that's one of those terms. I think that it's like mind management for me might mean something different for someone else. And so in this, you know, feel that's unregulated, I've been trying to sit down and break all of these terms down into what I call frameworks so that anyone who starts working with me has an idea of, you know, what they mean and the foundation that I coach out of. Perfect. Yeah. And that, that kind of clarity, I think, is, is crucial. Not necessarily even when clients approach, they may not know that they need to know it. But when I've been speaking with people about, you know, pe there have been these entrepreneurs who have had wild success in the beginning, and I've started to pull out these core tenets that they have in common. And one of them is, it's not just clarity of communication, but they define their communication. They set up, you know, the, the platform or the, the, um, environment in which they're going to be handling business. And then they define every term, even if it seems rote or apparent. And it's this kind of um, overly communicated thing that makes everyone who comes to them feel very, very clear. And so it, I've just noticed it's one of those kind of unspoken things that sometimes even the founder themselves doesn't realize. And particularly when you're dealing with something um, as kind of ephemera based as, you know, coaching and, and therapy and things like that, that exist in verbal communication more than yes. um, product or written communication. I think that those kinds of things would really um, set someone apart, at least for me as a researcher. And um, it sounds like it's done worlds for you. And I think it does the founder incredible, um, the scientist or the therapist or the coach, a lot of, to look at those things and kind of analyze them, you've put them into frameworks and techniques therein and things of that nature and given things categories and titles. Um, I think it, it expedites the efficiency of um, any technique or process, be it, you know, uh, social or even technical. So I think that that's awesome. Definitely. Thank you. And I think it's really just good business to do yeah. that because, you know, we're, my main platform that I coach on and, and how I bring business in is through Instagram. And if someone comes onto my page and I'm talking about mind management and they're unable to, to understand what that is at the basis level, my coaching is going to do nothing for them. And the coaching videos that I do aren't going to make sense. And so that's why it's so important to have those fr frameworks made so that people can catch up to where you're coaching at um, online in that online space so that they're actually benefiting from you um, as an entrepreneur rather than, you know, coming to your page and, and being too far behind to be able to learn and, and catch up. 
Absolutely. Well, so looking forward, it sounds like you've built so much since December 2018 and um, really kind of expanded your business wings and you're moving forward. You've got your career in play. You've got this growing um, life coaching consultancy. Have you looked forward to the next three to five years and kind of imagined where you're headed or are you taking it all kind of as it um, unravels with the PhD process? No, I definitely um, kind of have a three-year plan because, you know, I should be finishing school up in, I think I have about, you know, four years really before um, I'll be kind of a solid practitioner. And so it was important to me that I had that kind of mapped out on where I want my business to go. Because I feel as though I only have a couple years left um, in this life coaching space. And I know that there is so much that I can do in that amount of time that I want to do, women that I want to help, um, and ways that I want my business to grow. So I do have kind of goals um, mapped out for the next couple of years, just because I <laughs> want to be so diligent with how I use that time. So, um, you know, in the next couple of years, my my big hope is to go to steer away from one-on-one -on -one coaching. That is where my business is at right now. I have done a couple group coaching programs and I really like the energy in that space, but I'm finding that with one-on-one -on -one coaching, I can only help one woman at a time. And being in school, I'm only able to take on a couple clients every semester. And I just know that I have the capacity to help and work with so many more women. So over the next three years, um, I'm transitioning, especially in, in this year, 2020, I already started to make the changes. I'm transitioning away from one-on-one -on -one coaching um, to courses, offering courses that have a live one-on-one -on -one coaching aspect to them. So instead of meeting every single week for an hour with my one-on-one -on -one clients, um, they are now going to be purchasing a course, which comes with a kind of a supportive side aspect where we meet um, once a month to kind of do one one-on-one -on -one session together. So that's my big area of growth over the next couple of years is transitioning away from one-on-one -on -one coaching um, into this kind of a more of a course that I would like to do with that one-on-one -on -one coaching um, added to it. And then um, once I have my licensure as a clinical psychologist, I will be transitioning my page over to a therapy page. I will be making a very distinct change going from a life coach to a psychologist in that online space as I hope to start, um, I hope to stay in the entrepreneur world um, and I hope to start my own private practice. So I will be working, you know, to transition my audience from being one that is there for a life coach to being one that is there for a clinical psychologist. That'll be a wonderful trajectory for your career as well as for people to see as far as your like histor history with um, working with coaching and, and therapy. I think that that sounds fantastic. Yeah, thank kind of, you. Um, it's a growth, right? It's like, and there are different populations, but working with someone who's worked with um, different areas of aid and coaching and things like that, it can never be bad. You know, when you've yes. got a surgeon that's dealt with general practice, it's it's better. She's going to be more in tune with everything. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And it's it's kind of a shame because, um, you know, in in the academia world 
they do such a great job at making sure we have the foundational knowledge necessary to be a practitioner. However, they don't ever teach us anything about being entrepreneurs. So the problem that a lot of private practitioners run into is that they have all of the skills necessary to be a great clinical psychologist, but they're unable to grow their practice because they know nothing about business. And so that's, you know, one thing that I'm so thankful for that I'm getting this opportunity to learn how to run a business before I start my own private practice and being able to kind of set up that foundation of having an audience um, that, you know, one day instead of life coaching, maybe they'll need therapy. And then as I make that transition, um, hopefully they make that transition with me and stick around on my page and can see how I'm useful as a you know practitioner in the mental health world. Absolutely. I, I have great confidence that they will. So I'm curious with you, um, if someone walked up to you tomorrow, I always like to say it's a young woman or a woman identified or non-binary individual, pretty much anything other than a man, uh, walked up to you tomorrow and said, Hey, um, I heard that you, you know, you've had this, this life coaching business and I myself have just gotten done kind of serving in, um, an area after my degree that wasn't really for me. And I've, I've suddenly realized that I, you know, I want to start life coaching and building a business within that. Um, what are the top three pieces of advice you would give that individual knowing what you know now? Yes. And I have this often um, because I think I talk a lot on my page about how, you know, just such a short time ago, I was so miserable in my career. And I think that's relatable for a lot of millennials, especially millennial women who, you know, we have so many limiting beliefs um, that, you know, we don't feel that we can step into our power. And so um, I often get this, and my first piece of advice that I always give is if you're not working with a life coach already, you need to get one. And you need to get one that's going to serve you in the capacity that you're going to want to work. Um, I can't tell you how many people come to me and they're like, oh, I really want to be a life coach. How should I start? And I ask them, you know, oh, well, what do you like about your current life coaching that you're doing? And they're like, oh, I've never had my own life coach. And and, it, you know, you can't be a life coach un unless you've gone through your own life coaching and you've had that experience and, and that personal growth because so much of being a life coach um, is really being able to have the capacity to hold yourself to a standard of um, behaviors that a life coach has, right? Being able to manage your mind, manage your time, um, set personal boundaries with yourself and others um, and have that personal growth that comes through the progress of going through your own life coaching. So my number one tip for advice um, is if you want to get into this area, this field, make sure that you've gone through your own coaching. Um, figure out what you liked about your coach's style. Um, try different coaches. Invest in yourself, right? That is the biggest takeaway that I'm trying to convey here is that you need to be investing in yourself before you can expect others to then invest in you. So that's kind of the first one. Um, the second one is probably just deciding, you know, the goals that you want to have in order to build your business around that. That was one of the mistakes I made was that when I started my life coaching, um, I built my business or I built my life around my business. And 
that's almost where I burnt out as an entrepreneur is I was living my life based off of my business. And I think to be successful and to stay in the game and to not burn out, you have to be able to build your business around your life so that you can live the life you want while also running the business. Um, and so setting aside kind of, you know, what you want your next couple of years to look like, um, what you want your life to look like, your everyday life. How do you want to be spending your time? And then building a business around that. Um, and honestly, I think I, I don't even have a third tip um, because I feel so deeply about those first two. Um, I think those are the most crucial stages. And if I, if I had to say a third one, I would maybe say build your email list early. <laughs> it's, yeah. such a, it's such a kind of a silly like such a small, silly, specific suggestion. Um, but I think that's one of the things that I didn't realize the, the power in email marketing until, you know, just seven months ago um, and something I missed out in my business. So. Absolutely. So I have um, get a life coach for yourself. If you don't already have one in the area you think you're going to want to work in, define your life goals and build your business around that and um, build your email list early as a little trailer. <laughs> yes, yes, as a little trailer, yes. That's fantastic. You got it. Well, we are out of time, but I wanted to say thank you so much, Mackenzie, for um, meeting with us really quickly for everyone listening. Her website is valentacoaching.com. That's V-A-L-E-N-T-A coaching.com. And her Instagram is Mackenzie underscore Valenta. That's M-C-K-E-N-Z-I-E underscore Valenta. Um, and yes. is, can they contact you both or which way would someone, if someone wants to get a hold of you? Yes. So I am on Instagram all the time. Um, I am on there doing free coaching content. So please go check it out. Um, I will respond within the hour if you contact me on there, but you can also contact me through my, um, email, which you can find on my website, or I also have um, a submission form on my website that you can go to. And I'll also respond to you within 24 hours if you use my email. But Instagram is definitely the place to find me. Fantastic. Thank you so much for speaking with us today, Mackenzie. I'm hoping we can circle back around in a couple of years and see this um, beautiful transition that you're going to make from um, life coach into clinical therapy and, um, and find out how that um, how that journey went for you and just kind of explore more. I, I'll, I'll circle back around. I'll convince you. I'm pretty persuasive. Oh my gosh. I would be so honored. <laughs> that sounds awesome. Thank you so much for having me. Fantastic. And for everyone listening, thank you so much for your time. And until we speak again next time, remember to always bet on yourself. Slunge. Slunge.